we haven't been challenged. Moved, challenged, inspired. I'm afraid there's something wrong. What more is really needed? I'm challenged enough that I can go and have plenty to work on. And it's kind of kind of goes with the message today. And uh so the foundation has kind of been laid and uh, hearts have been tenderized. You know, a relationship is like a house. When a light bulb burns out, you don't go and buy a new house. You fix the light bulb. But what happens today if a relationship gets broken? What happens? So many times we just move on. We find another relationship then. Rather than fixing, mending. And that's my heart on these messages is so we can learn how to just understand what these souls are going through, whoever we're dealing with. Why do they do what they do? There's some reason. They don't just wake up one morning and I'm going to be rebellious. Something has brought them there. You know, in the last message, I focused a lot on the living in sin and um, how that no sin is worth going to hell for. And so today I want to spend a little more time explaining why we sin at times and maybe why we can't really understand why we do what we do. There was a time in my life where I just hated the sin I was in but yet I would commit it. Why? Then there was one time there was someone who was willing to sit down and just care for my heart and just kept asking, kept asking, kept asking. You know, Let's say a child, when they become angry, you know, so many times we punish them for the anger, but, you know, really, the anger is just an emotion, just as being happy. Sometimes we're angry. That's just the emotion. So maybe it would be better to sit down with them, you know, what happened? How did you feel or what happened that caused you to feel this way? And, you know, how did it feel? And how can we make it better? Or sometimes you can trace something. That's how you care for that heart. Because 
when a person, when a heart is hurting, correction is rejection. Not meaning we can never correct. And some may teach that it's always an emotional issue that causes spiritual issues. I don't totally agree with that. I don't totally disagree with it either. There's a balance here. Because we are all creatures of choice. And all sin is committed out of our carnality. But sometimes there are things that happen that drive us into areas where we never even intended to go because of what has happened. I will illustrate then. If we cannot live in victory after we've been saved, then it would benefit us to consider what is causing this. Something is causing this. Are there areas of our heart, thanks Paul for singing that song, that is so real to me. Because there were so many rooms. I mean, there was this huge padlocks on it. Nobody will ever find out. But once, I came to the point where I was done with myself where I was suicidal and just nowhere to go. Either it was start talking, opening up those doors, or living in total misery however long I lived it. I had a choice to make. And at that moment, I had a wonderful wife that sat down and just listened and cried and listened and cried as I went layer by layer by layer. Because, see, my heart was full. There was no more, no more room for any more, I would just say, there was no more room for more pain. It was completely full. There was no more room at the end. So that's what we need to understand. This world is full. And many are in our churches that are hurting. They're hurting. I hope this is clear. I had this one emailed to me because if I scan, they're fuzzy. So hopefully it's clear enough. I want to illustrate some of these. This... uh Performance, expectations, high expectations. Um, I'm, it's sad to say, but in our culture, many of us are raised with high expectations. You look this way, you act this way, you just be right. I should say, look right. Rather than focusing on being right. And in that, there will come 
at times were rejected because of we didn't look right. And that rejection or whatever it may be that, that we feel, that many times comes over into hypocrisy. Our faith is not real. So therefore, we don't have life. Pride, it can also force rebellion because they're so tired of these tight grips, they're gone. They just blow up. Or they immerse themselves in temporal things, whatever, because that makes them look good or feel good or feel manly or womanly or whatever. Sometimes moral failure, feeling like a man, or being special to someone. Someone finally cares. Just who I am, not what I am. Or there's a dominance in the home. Or it can be in school. Teachers can do this too. Just dominant. And uh, always in control of... This was a little bit of my issue where mom would m always make all my choices. I wasn't allowed to. Not being critical on mom at all. That might be, I feel ignored. Nobody cares how I feel. I just have to do what they always want me to do. Sometimes despised, disrespected. Where's my respect? Why can't someone care for me once? They're also... It goes over into most, some, a lot of times, pride. Because if we don't feel good about ourselves, we crash. And it gets too deep. It's pride. Self-pity. Oh, this isn't fair. That's where suicidal thoughts come in then. Sometimes it's rebellion. I'm tired of this grip. I'm going to make my own decisions. Nobody's going to tell me what to do. There's bitterness. That's where some of those come from. Or there's an expressive parent. Whenever you're discussing things, sometimes I have this tendency. I talk and 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 I talk till I make sure that they understand what I'm saying. Never even ask them if they have a question on it. I just assume they have the question. And they can't ask the question what they have. Finally, it's just fine. It's enough. Just always talking and never listening to what the children have to say. They feel, oh, wrong way, wrong thing, wrong button. Sometimes they're emotionally detached because, fine, I just can't, it just hurts. I can't even, I, I just detach. I don't think, I don't feel anymore. Or sometimes you're just drained emotionally. This can also happen Drained emotionally. And that happened with me. When parents look to their children for their emotional stability. That drains the child. That is reverse of what God has designed it. It drains the child where they're emotionally drained. They, they can't hardly feel anymore. I mean, they're just drained. Because the parents aren't giving. You see, take a little child and they're 
everything is small. You know, their love tank is small. Everything is small. And you just have to pour it in and pour it in. That's why the children are always coming and wanting attention. Why? Because their love tank is empty. They need a little more love. It's not like you can pour in love. Okay, now that'll last for the week. No. Little children need it sometimes hourly. Whatever. It depends on the child. And if that's not filled, they're going to fill it some way, especially when they're older. That's where moral failure, temporal values, that's where those come in. Sometimes the parent is focused on themselves, and that a lot of times brings, they feel ignored because the parents are always just focusing on themselves. There again can bring rebellion, pride, because nobody cares. I have to care about myself then. Um, sometimes there's anger in the home. And uh, which normally out of that will come abuse issues, which also play into that. But then they might be betrayed, disrespected, definitely, not respected for who they are, which normally a big thing is rebellion out of that. Or any even all that, and that's what these pictures are. These parents raise this child, this parents raise this child, and these two together, if they haven't cleaned things up, they've brought four more into this circle. It's becoming a mess. It just flows on through, and it keeps going, it keeps going, if we're not careful. Sometimes they're judgmental. You can never do anything right. There's no grace or no, no mercy there. It's just, you've got to do it all right. You can't even be a child. You've got to act like an adult. And the not talk to is just when the parents are so busy, it's like the children hardly exist. And then there, they suffer from abandonment. And they'll go into temporal values. Sometimes it's bitterness because mom or dad weren't there. And um, sometimes even the occult, um, they find buddies then that are, um, that welcome them. And that they're, they talk to them and they're just real good buddies, bar buddies, whatever. The alcohol, drugs, those are in the occult. They turn to that rather than God for their healing, for their comfort, for their so they can cope with life. Then there's physical abuse, also brings e emotional issues, causing these over the spiritual issues, the sins. Sexual abuse should never happen to these poor little children. But it does. Very, very damaging. Spiritual abuse and the verbal abuse, some of that I'm, I'm going to cover later. So I'll leave that. But hopefully that gives you a little picture of sometimes what is happening. Why do people do what they do?
there's a lot of a lot of times there's something going on behind that heart, and that's why they respond the way they respond. I think we're going. I thought depending what time it is, I'll just stop there and we'll do the rest of the message later. Description of the intellectual locked heart. These people, they speak from the head and not from the heart. They are very objective and make statements that can be cold, attacking, and belittling. Conversations are often on the intellectual, business-like manner. And I won't have to illustrate. I'll keep moving. They have a low sympathy level. You know, it's all up here. Sympathy comes from down here. When there is a problem within a relationship, they have little to no feelings in regard to the people involved. They just can't understand. One might be where the husband takes out the trash and does all these things and the wife sits at home and she doesn't feel loved. Well, why don't you feel loved? I'm doing all these things. That's because he's doing all these things but he's not loving her. She just wants his time. Sometimes it's just sitting. Don't even have to talk. You don't have to touch. It's just be there. That's, that's all it takes. These can be very self-disciplined. They are very effective intellectually and can be very high achievers. They seem to have it all together and are very successful. They focus on achieving. They're, they just go and go and go and they do and do and do. They're just always going. You cannot just sit down because they can't think. If they just sit down, they'll go nuts because these thoughts start coming. So they're just going and going and going. That way they don't they can't think. And they have a hard time loving or accepting others. Life is viewed through the lens of their intellect rather than through their heart. So the causes of an intellectual locked heart can be caused by parents or teachers who pressure the child to perform in order to gain acceptance. They want to be accepted, so they become overachievers. Life is viewed as you've got to be somebody, you've got to do the right thing in order to be accepted. They're driven. can also be abusive parents, which can be through physical abuse, which is beating, or also discipline and anger. The verbal abuse, being told that they will never amount to anything, or harsh words, even the tone of voice when we're disciplining. We may think, how could someone tell their child, you know, you'll never amount to anything. But 
we may not say it in those words, but what do we say that the child thinks that? And sometimes a child does hear that. Devastating. That causes them to just go and go, and they're going to prove they're going to be somebody. They're going to have the biggest business. I'll, I'll do my dad. I'll prove him I'll be somebody. Spiritual abuse, that's when you cover pain with spiritual truth. See, we all know the truth, that if you cover a wound, it helps to heal it. But, if you have an open wound somewhere, and there's dirt in it, let's say you were riding your bike, and you fell, you got these big um, open wound, and there's a little bit of that sand and gravel in it, would we ever think about, or we never would just put a bandage on top and think it's going to heal good. Because it'll be infection in there. But so many times, leaders at home, church leaders, whatever it may be, when someone is hurting, they've got this open wound and there's dirt that's in there. Maybe there's sin that they've been hurt and, and they've been violated or whatever it may be. First, we must gently and carefully care for that wound that we take all the dirt out. That's only taking them to Jesus. And then, then is when we put a healing salve on it, and then we cover it. That's when you can bring the truth in there. First, you bring in Jesus. He's the, that, the oil, God, that healing oil. We need to bring that in on our wounds, in on our whatever they're involved in. Then we can present the truth. Then they're ready for the truth. But if we hammer them on top of the head, there's a correction on pain, then it's a rejection, and it's they're done. There's a wall. Just hurt again. I'm going to be very honest. I want to say it very gently. This doesn't always work. It can always work. But the one that's hurt, if they don't accept it, you can't help them. If they're not willing to go there, you can't help them. You can want to meet. You can want to do whatever. But if they refuse, your hands are tied. The one who's hurting must open up in order to be freed 
you must open those doors in the heart and allow Jesus to get in. Sexual abuse. Like I said, this is something that should never happen to anyone. But unfortunately, it does. And it causes deep emotional pain. And see, God has created us so amazingly that when we suffer such an intense pain, it's just unbearable, then God has created us, we detach. We no longer feel it. It's just, that's when we go to the intellect. Intellect. That's when this intellectual locked heart happens. The pain is so deep, so hurting, that everything's just out of the head. You don't go to the heart anymore because whenever you go there, it just hurts. It can also be caused if a young child, maybe four to six years of age, is given adult responsibilities. There was this young lady. I think she was around nine, somewhere in there. Her mother was in bed, depressed, could do nothing. And this nine-year-old went about with the household duties. Fixing suppers, fixing lunches, going to school yet, and coming home, taking care of mom, taking care of everything. And when she became a young adult, she was a mess. Then when someone sat down with her and they went through layer by layer, piece by piece, and when she was freed, she just slumped in her chair and almost fell asleep. That's how worn out she was, just by going and going, which was only no, heart, no bad intentions, but she was given responsibilities that belonged to an adult, and she was just a child. Now, that doesn't mean we can't give them some work to do. But it's at their level. Or we, it's not that we can't encourage them even to do better or to do more. And that we can't expect something out of them. You know, we need to teach our children that there's expectations in life. But we need to keep them not too much, not too high, and uh, it's damaging when you give them too much. See, when you give a young child a job to do, then go and do it with them. That's when you can teach them how to do it, rather than just telling them what to do and then maybe saying, well, why did you do it that way? Well, where were you as a parent to teach them? Someone needs to teach these little ones. So many times we send them out with a five-gallon bucket and go pick the beans. I know as a child, you're thinking, well, what's mom doing in there? Is she really doing something or why am I out here by myself? And you take this little child 
and they look at this row of strawberries or whatever, I mean, there's a couple of gazillion strawberries, it looks huge. I mean, they're overwhelmed. But if someone comes alongside and they're just helping each other, that's how the children learn how to work. And it's not too much. But you just put them out there, now you do it, and I'll go do something else. That's when it hurts. I mean, it's just overwhelming. And the road, 25-foot row, looks like a 100-foot row to them. And make fun, cause the work time to be fun. Then they grow up enjoying to work because it's, they've learned how to make it fun. Another thing that's very damaging is when a child feels like they have to get between two parents and try to fix the marriage. The child will, sh- will shut off their emotions so that they can deal with the problems causing them to become cold or adult-like in their attitude. So the consequences. They don't know how to understand the feelings of others or how to care. They're not emotionally connected to their spouse or the child's heart. They are driven to achieve and pass high expectations onto their children, causing them to feel unloved and pressured to perform. That way we look like this family that's got all the ducks in a row and men were quacking in unison. That's, that's damaging when you can't be yourself. Then, sometimes the children make a decision to be totally opposite. They are so tired of that, they'll just throw the baby out with the bathwater. Everything's gone. No more. I'm tired of it. I can't handle it. Or they may become bitter because of the lack of love and acceptance from their parents. These people, they don't know how to relax, feel, and enjoy. They don't relax long enough to feel anything. And they have a hard time feeling love. Not really knowing they're going so much, how can someone really love them? Because they're just going. So how to resolve? And some of this is... See, some of this teaching comes from the John Regeer. But here, this is going to be some of my own conglomeration that I have discovered. See, it's very difficult to know what to do with these individuals because it's hard to see into their heart. Because when you ask questions, it's always coming from the head. It's just always there. You just can't get into the heart. It's just what's going on in there. And they're just... um, If you have a spouse or a child that is that way, the best thing you can do is just spend time. 10 to 30 minutes just sitting there. Sometimes you don't even have to know what to say. You just 
take them and you just sit down and you just relax and you just sit there and just be there. The more you do that, the more you're coming closer and closer to their heart. The more they're warming up. And the more they warm up, the closer you can get. Until you can see into their heart and to understand what's really happening. What has caused this? Here are some possibilities. To resolve bitterness. Very likely, there's been an intense pain that has happened from somewhere. And I haven't covered the bitterness for a while. Lord, I choose to forgive, and I won't use names, for whatever happened, causing me to feel, then share the pain, if they can get into the heart, or they can share the pain that they felt. And I am willing to pay for the emotional pain and consequences that that person has caused me. I ask you, Lord Jesus, to take back the ground that I've given to the enemy through my bitterness. And I yield that ground to your control. And while they're there, or while you're there, or however it may be, when you're feeling that pain, when you feel the intensity, just close your eyes and share that part of the pain with Jesus. Jesus, do I have to feel this way? Can I give this to you? That's what he's here for. Of course you can. Jesus, I feel so whatever. Would you come in and speak peace to this pain? That's that salve I was talking about. That ointment. And if we're serious, he is always there. Always. Then release the one who has hurt you. Write out a blank. Take a check and write their name and then the amount paid in full that person will never have to pay sign it release them it is all paid because Jesus paid for my sin why can't I pay for your sin release them. Lord, I acknowledge and confess that I have allowed whoever it is to control my life, and I choose to accept the pain that they have caused me, and they will never have to pay, and I release them to your control. Did you know that people that have passed on are in their grave can still control you? if you haven't released them. And they have no power over you. But we allow them to control us because we're hanging on to that pain. 
because we're not willing to open up that door in our heart to release that pain that's in there. You know, Jesus came for our sin. He died for us. Redemption is ours if we accept it. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We're all guilty. We have turned everyone to his own way. And the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. And he bore the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Transgressors. Can we grasp such a love? I know it's not in the context that Jesus said this, but I'm convinced it works here. Freely you have received, freely give. The root of bitterness will will defile many. Another area is maybe pride. With deep hurts, it's easy to pity ourselves, which is the hidden pride. Lord, I acknowledge and renounce my pride as evidence through my whatever it was self-pity even. I ask your forgiveness and choose to humble myself and respond with a proper attitude. Another way to resolve would be just relax. Have some leisure time where you can rest and be at ease without always doing, 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 or going, going, going. That's where I love our woods. Just sitting back there. Just letting the world go by. You know, it's not so busy after all. That's where you become close with God. Be still. Why does he say be still and know that I'm God? Just relax. Pinpoint what causes stress in your life and do what is necessary to reduce and diminish it. Discontinue things that cause you to be frustrated. Simplify your life. Lessen your expectations for others to perform, even yourself maybe. Learn to be calm and still instead of performing all the time. Just take a deep breath and relax. And begin to feel. Observe and examine what others need emotionally. Learn to perceive and sense other person's pain. Experience and savor how to give and receive love. Be tender to the feelings of others. Start feeling. Allow yourself to feel again. And enjoy. Take pleasure in making another person feel good emotionally. Derive joy from letting another person touch your heart emotionally. Receive emotional love.
And just, if your spouse is there, like I said before, just spend quality time. Take time to spend time with the ones you love. Because the time comes, especially when they're children, there's a time comes when they leave home. Then when we have all the time, they're gone. So when they're young, parents, please, take time and spend time. You'll never regret it. These are the precious years. It can be overwhelming at times. I know. I've been there. But it's so precious. Every step of the way is so precious. There's nothing like the terrible twos. They're the curious twos. And these terrible teens, oh, my, no. They're the precious teens. It's where we start connecting adult to adult. Those are precious. Just seeing who they've become. It's not terrible. You see, if we begin thinking the teens will be terrible, the teens are going to be terrible because you've parented that way causing it to be terrible. Not saying it's always your fault if a teen does rebel. Please, it's all choice. But let's just be careful that we don't cause it. See, the worst thing you can do for a person like this is to give them five more things to do. allow God to do a heart transplant. And where I get that is in Ezekiel. And you can read the whole story talking to the Israelites. Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit within you. I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. That's the heart transplant I'm talking about. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes and you will keep my judgments and do them. Jesus reiterated that. And he said, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So if we're not keeping his commandments, how can we say we love him? We're violating scripture. It doesn't work that way. If we are violating the commandments of the Bible, we cannot say that we love Jesus. Not according to that. Because if you love me, you will keep my commandments, is what Jesus said. We must go to him if we want a heart that is able to give and receive love. Because love is of God. When we have a heart that is connected to Jesus and others, life becomes beautiful. Life can be so beautiful. 